welcome everyone to Maddie's Chat Show podcast. I hope you're ready for the next instalment. I hope you have a cup of tea and a nice piece of cake, if not cake, a biscuit, and relaxed and ready to listen. Hello, 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 people. Welcome once again to Maddie's Chat Show podcast. Oh, it's so great to have you here. Um, so I hope everyone has got a nice cup of tea beside them, a piece of cake or biscuit, and ready to listen to the next podcast. So today I've got a wonderful guest called Seb. Oh, she is so great. She has a wonderful story. Um, I met this lady this year due through the lockdown. I was looking through LinkedIn and I come over a profile and it touched me so much because there were similar things. Um, these young ladies, just like we were brought up in the care system, you know, and it takes us all on different roads where we go. But she, her light now, she is a shining beam of light. She has come through the other end and has a beautiful soul and a beautiful story to tell. So let's get down to it. Hello, Sam. <laughs> Hi, hello, everyone. It's really good to be here and I'm really excited about to share my story from an empowering point of view. Yes, and it is an empowering story. You know, it, it empowers me every time I hear it. And, you know, and I hope the audience will love it as well. So tell me a little bit more about yourselves. So my name is Miss Sefta and I was born in Camden Town in 1972. And my mother had schizophrenia and my father was a street trader selling uh, ice cream and chestnuts. Uh, he used to go away for three or four days at a time. I had a brother who was living with my mum, but she was overfeeding him. I mean, yeah, that's, uh, that's another part of the story. But so, so this happened and then my mother I came back and she just left me in the hospital because in my cult, it, my mum's Greek and I am Turkish. So it's like... There's a big conflict there. Wow. <laughs> if you know anything about that area, yeah. you know there's a big conflict. Yeah. We, Turks just, uh, you know, and they say we don't get on. Anyway, so that that was the beginning of it. And she had left me. And my dad said, well, where's my child? And she'd left me. So he went to the hospital to try and get me back into a 12-year fight. We got some technical issues, but she'll be right back with us. To give you some example, if you want. Which is, you know, um, very difficult. And if you know anything about the attachments. We kind of lost you a little bit there, babe. I know, I internet kind of. <laughs> so that, that's, if you worked out one every six days. So if you know anything about the attachment thing and the mother's attachment, you you know that can be very damaging for later life. Um, and it has affected me and it's still affecting me. Mm. I may talk about that later in my story. And so that went on. And then I went at three to live with a middle-class white family in a very middle-class area, which is a Reading. Area. There was no white people, there's no non-white people there. There still mm -hmm. isn't want to go there. I have been stopped in the village, even though my dad, I don't visit them anymore, but I used to. Last time I went was about 15 years ago, and somebody stopped me and said, uh, excuse me, can I help you? Where are you going? I said, my dad lives right down there. Mm. And they went, oh, I'm sorry. You know, so even me, and you might not look like, think I look foreign, but in that area, I'm very foreign. Wow. Where was it again? Chip Lake, Henley-on-Thames. 
due at uh, the average house in that area is about two million. Okay. It just my idea, and it's really about money, unfortunately. Say it's the shit and I wouldn't want to live there anyway. <laughs> from what the experience I had, like at eight, I'd go to corner shop and I'd be asked, "Well, you don't come back to where you come from as an eight-year-old child in 1976." That imagine saying that. If anyone said that to my child, I'd be in that shop. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it just went on and on and on, and and I didn't actually get adopted till I was twelve. So for you have to think about a twelve-year-old who's been in the care system. These people aren't her parents. Mm. I was never asked. Never asked. 12 year olds now, you would be asked. 12 year olds now would be asked. I was never asked if I wanted to stay with these people who had different, culturally so different. You know, I sit on the floor, I still do, I'm very culturally Turkish. I sit on the floor and eat. I eat, I one pot my daughter. I have really cut, and, and religious wise, I am not a practicing Muslim, but I'd say I believe in a higher power and probably a mm -hmm. Sufi more than anything. You know, uh, religion is quite, you know, religion to me is quite important. I don't believe that you have to be religious, but that was, and they were atheists. And yeah. actually I saw some things, they had all the money in the world. I'm mm -hmm. gonna tell you that. I had everything, wanted to go out for a day. Oh really, I was, I, was, I was giving money to get away from them. So, oh, I'm bored. Oh, rather than sit down with your child, and they had their own child as well. They did it to him as well, not just me, I will say that. Like, give me 200 pounds, this was in 1980. Mm -hmm. 200 pounds is like me giving my child 500 to 600 pounds now wow that for the day because that was it was more important for them to be asked me to be out of the way than to be that actually for them to sit and do something with me wow really so like they really just and that and you know 13 i was getting close allowance for 700 pounds that's like 1400 pounds now you think about actually put it in perspective, it's ridiculous. It was it was abuse. Mm -hmm. I'd walk down the streets at 13 and I wouldn't come out at three in the morning and no one was looking for me. Nobody. Wow. You have to think, my daughter left my house seven years from now, my daughter's seven. Mm -hmm. If she left my house and wasn't back to nine at night, I would be tearing my hair out and I would be running around those streets looking for my child. Mm -hmm. But for them, mm -hmm. as long as they had peace and quiet, it was okay. So they're oh, yeah. in, that, that rejection's quite hard, you know, like there and then it's just like, you can do whatever you want to do. And I was rejected time and time again. This is why I've had a lot of issues. Um, and really, you know, I've only just overcome them really, if I'm honest with you, really overcome them to the root. I've pulled like the root out and now I, I don't feel as much, well, I probably say, you know, never overcome it, overcome it, but I absolutely in control of it. Mm -hmm mindset but you know that led on to mental illness and then drug addiction and on my 16th birthday i thought i'm not going to be here my that i had a few friends and if they used to thought i was mad i said why are you leaving all this money and that you can just take them I said because of peace of mind it's priceless i can't live under this bullshit right let's be real and i was homeless for two years well i, I gave up go and live on the street because oh, i cool. knew that that was that was more freedom of mind and freedom yeah. to be who I want to be. I have to say also, they tried to control who I was. So like, they wanted to turn me into this middle-class white child. Mm -hmm. But I don't come from that culture. Mm -hmm. They're looking at me, I'm Turkish. Turkish, yeah. <laughs> they, I, they adopted, and the adoption didn't go through until I was 12. So all my 
culture and things around my real family. Mm-hmm. So that couldn't, it's definitely, if I think if you adopt a child at Nord, you sort of, you could sort of take, they wouldn't, might not know mm-hmm. so much, but I had it, I knew who I was. Mm-hmm. I knew who I came from. Mm-hmm. And so that was damaging. That was like, I could never be authentically me. So I'm very uh, passionate about being authentic and, yeah. and being who you are and speaking up. And so that, and that caused really a mental illness, if I'm honest. And the constant told, don't be so loud, don't quit, you know, Turkish, we're loud. And we're, when you go in a Turkish house, it sounds like people are shouting at you. That they're just having a conversation because we are loud. We are bright. We have mm. brightness. And that is just the way we are. And it, you know, that was always like, sh- I was shut down constantly. Mm-hmm. Why can't you be normal? Why are you so, we have to be so loud? Why do you have to wear all this? Everybody looks at you in those colours. It's like, yeah, because that's me. Mm-hmm. And I would, you know, looking at my daughter now, I'm like, yeah, wear something different. Yeah, break the walls. Don't be normal. She said, oh, I want to be normal. I said, you want to be normal. She thinks I'm crazy because I could say, you want to be normal. No, you don't want to be normal. <laughs> do something different. Do you know? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I want her to be happy, not like follow the crowd and be yeah. like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the people who are successful in life don't follow the crowd. Let's get it real. Yeah, so, I'm always a black, a black sheep because I'm black. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah. <laughs> mad. I'm like, she's like, I want to be normal. She said, I said, I don't want you to be, you don't want to be normal. You need to be loud and bold. And, <laughs> like, you feel you right. Like, so, <laughs> <laughs> and so that led me to start saying sex and that went on and off for 30 years oh 30 years in that industry must have been so tough though you know yeah i look pretty good for 30 years there's yeah. a lot of women that don't look as good and I, I i say i believe that's because of my resilience i also you know i did start off with chicken eggs so like you sell sex to to um get drugs and then you sell sex to get money to get drugs but I broke that. And the last 10 years, I saved to do education. And I went into a degree in spiritual psychology. And I'm now doing a master's because of that. But I just had the last you know, few years, I saved and saved and saved and saved and saved and saved to put myself to education. That's what I did. So you, oh, that's amazing. So basically, I know you did that, but you, you know, you had that, um, you worked as a sex broker for that time. But you actually, you, you know, what made you change go, I'm going to save this money to go into education? Where was that? Uh, I was a drug addict. I'm going to, you know, be honest. Before mm. all this happened, I was a drug addict. And I was a serious drug addict, £600 a day drug addict. And I just... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was taking, like, speed crack and heroin all at the same. I injected and well, trigger warning, probably. Uh, but one day I just woke up and I had sold every single thing in my house. And so my healing journey is, is two parts. So I sold everything in my house. And then, so I then decided, right, I cannot kind of live like this anymore. I'm just going to come off drugs. Couldn't get a place in drug rehab because if you've got a mental health condition, it's your diagnosis, they won't take you. Mm-hmm. That's actually still the law and it's not acceptable. And who is it? If anyone's listening, you need to change that law now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Helping people get treatment and it's disgusting. And I'm right. Mm-hmm. I've written about this in my book this December to get to be released because I think I, we do need to say, yeah. That no one, a lot of people have mental health problems. That's why they take drugs. And, and while we have this dual diagnosis thing going on, so many people are missing out getting help. Let's get real. And it's about making a difference. So I, we want to... Because they're self-medicating. We know this, though. The thing is, oh, and that's what it, it is. You're, you're, um, if you, you know, get to the core and you worked, and, you know, I've worked with some drug, um, drug workers, 
uh, and drug um, people that take drugs. And it is literally, they're medicating themselves. But I couldn't get a medication until, you, until I got drugs. Until you say that they can be, there's so, yeah. cut off so many people, we need to do say that. So I over, I decided I couldn't get any drug rehab. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to stop taking drugs. And well, I'm not saying everyone can do this. I, mm. I, I know I've got a lot of resilience in me, probably because of my life. Mm. And I did. And I'm clean 15, 20 years soon. Well done, that's fantastic. Oh um, yeah, so, so that, my, that was, and my, my story is twofold. So then uh, I saved, saved, saved um, some money. And then I unfortunately met, decided on, and he didn't marry a Muslim man. I did, I did half my healing and things. So yeah. I need to marry, I had saved all this money. I need to marry a Muslim man who ended up abusing me, um, tried to gaslight me. <laughs> Um, no. Oh, no. I, was, I trusted him and said that I had a previous mental health condition. Mm. Tried to make me that I was mad. Went to court and actually, I didn't lose my children for being an outfit mother, and I lost my children because I'm a just with technical issues. We're wow. looking in. Sorry about that. Um, due to the internet linked up to talk to each other. I don't have any problem people come to this country necessarily, but I think... Sorry, babe, what happened? We lost you just when you started saying about that part of the so, story about so, talking to you about your children and stuff, and then it froze. So do you mind? So basically, I got with him, and he, I lost the children because um, he hadn't got my health condition. I had, mm. and he used it against me because he had gaslighted me, but in court, because he only told his... Well, things that weren't true because yeah. of what he was doing to me privately. But what I would say is he was the one with the fake passport. He was the one with the fake NHS number. Mm. I wrote, I wrote. Because of what happened to me, I have to say, I felt the children were born here. I'm a British citizen, but he got mm -hmm. his papers. And really it was about getting his papers. I'm an agreement myself, so do not think I'm making judgment there. This is a this story. Mm. I want to make that. In general, but there are bad, bad part of the story of being this, the immigrant story is sometimes there are bad parts in that story. So that's what happened to me. So at that time, I was absolutely broken. Mm. Unfortunately, three days before the court case, I broke my leg. Oh, dear. Um, and I, went, I, the, the, I asked the doctor, can you write me a letter to send to the court? And they didn't believe me that I broke a leg. You know, I was in, in plastic in hospital. Mm. So I lost my kids. And you know what? He'd been stalking me for two years. He put stuff, software on my computer to stalk me. When I met my, my daughter's dad now, who we're not together, but we are best friends. Thing was being uh, watched. I just took the computer and I threw it in the water. Mm. Uh, and I was broke. I mean, I felt broke. I wasn't broken. I don't believe anybody's broken, but you know, at the time I felt mm. it. Uh, for three or four days, I could not. Even I thought, I, 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 this is it, I need to, this is it, I'm. Eight hundred major tranquilizers. Uh, when they came to my, when they came to, somebody tried to get in the house, I couldn't get into the police record and they got in. 
And I, when I came through after nine weeks of being in a coma, I will say it was a, you know. Okay, so sorry about this. So I'm just gonna clear. So the audience might have missed that bit because the internet went funny again. So unfortunately, because of the situation, you built up to a point that you ended up, you know, um, trying to commit. I want to die, and that was it. Yeah. This is. I had to. I'd taken multiple overdoses. I have a history at this point of doing that, and so, but this was serious. And they said when I came on after nine weeks, that if I'd been half an hour later, I wouldn't have made it. And they weren't even sure I was going to make it then. And I will tell you, I had an out-body experience. I had like divine messages that I, my life was meant to mean something. And I was meant to come here and make a difference and help people create their dreams. And that's what I'm doing now. And I might cry. So I then at that point got up and I've never got down. I have not, I've not been medicated for 15 years. I can have a beautiful, healthy daughter who's seven, who I the love of my life and she's spoiled because I always tell her you've got four three children's love because I had three children and I wait for the day that they'll come back because I believe that they will because I know my ex will always show his true colours in the end mm -hmm. um, and I know that that and I that's not but I'm I had enough and I couldn't be bothered to fight I was worn out tired mm -hmm. I just couldn't do it anymore and for my own peace of mind I believe that it was time to just walk away and say right just take them then you're happy you can leave me alone and that might sound cold and hard to some people, but sometimes you have to make hard decisions for your own sanity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. And that's what it was about, my own sanity. How many years was I going to go through that? Mm -hmm. I feel like I was made to feel like I was like a criminal or like I'd done something when it was him and I wasn't prepared to put myself through that. And I wasn't prepared to just, I'd end up dead before time if I had to walk through that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I couldn't deal with the stress of it. I couldn't. And then so I met. Do you feel that's because of build up of not just his situation with your ex partner, of your ex husband, but you your childhood as well stuff, like everything yeah. come at once and you were just like, I you just fight and fight and fight all the time. And this one was. I was tired. Yeah. And I took, I tell you, I'll be honest with you, when I really changed my life, I lost my children. Mm -hmm. I, moved all the, I moved all the way and I absolutely spent one year in a flat. I didn't talk to her. It was a beach. I lived it was near a place called Barrow and Furness. I used to go to the beach and I used to talk up my problems to myself. La 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 la. Talk. Mm. I spent one year doing that, and after that one year, I can tell you, I felt healed. Mm -hmm. And then I went to university. I did the study. Mm -hmm. I am doing a masters, and I met my daughter's daddy. No, we're not together. We are best friends, and we made an agreement. We will never put our child to anything like that. I said before I get with you, before I have a child with you. Mm. If we, I want to make an agreement that we are never going to fight and bicker mm. and make our child the pawn in a game, because that's mm. what it became. Mm -hmm. And we've done that. We actually live together at the moment still, because uh, I haven't found, because I'm building my business and mm -hmm. it's best for me. But we made that deal and he's stuck to that deal and I honour him for that. Okay. So when, I remember you telling about a story of one of your experiences when you were working, of one of, you know, when you were working as a worker, a sex worker, like it wasn't just that though, was it? That job wasn't, you know, when people look at that, they go, that sometimes you had to be like a, you had to be a coach or you had to be a counselor. I was told one of my regulars, I had, you know, I had a very successful, you know, and I, let's be real, I had a really successful sex work business, is why I've realized that I'm good, good at business and I was limiting myself last year by saying, oh, I can't do it, it's not like sex work, it's mm. absolutely the same thing. And I pushed through that. But what a couple of my real, I had a couple of.
for us to, to be heard. And I thought, oh my God, I love counselor. Mm. And that light bulb moment, and I started to like really work with that and like, what is so many people with so i'm talking about sex workers here so many sex workers and you know even male sex workers with let's be real it's yeah male well yeah. mm -hmm. had so many dreams but they never believed or they never had the resources mm -hmm. could never believe it would come true mm -hmm. and just didn't have that they'd given up on like you know when you see people and they look dead yeah yeah and the stroke uh, poverty crime drug sex all that in that world there's so many lost dreams mm. but one day i'm going to do something in my life and i'm going to go and help people make have their dreams come true mm -hmm. it took me a long time to get that message because it's only been the last few weeks but i realized that was my real that's my real why if i'm honest yeah that i believe that anybody's dream can come true you just have to find it in you to just take the one step mm -hmm. the first step because once you take the first step it's all easy yeah well it's it's getting that one it's it's um leaping isn't it into that one step it That's is scary it is and it's being able to you know empower other people to believe they can do it as well because if we can't empower somebody else then but when we can empower someone to say look i've done it mm. if i can do it you can do it yeah. and i've had an extraordinary life unfortunately uh, well, not unfortunate, fortunate, because I know, always know that every pain we go through is a golden lesson that we can teach someone else. So for, rather than say, oh, my God, I've went through all this stuff, mm. we can say all our adversities give us strength yeah. to teach people how to overcome certain things. And we all have different things we've been through. Mm -hmm. And they're all different for everyone. But rather than look at a negative, why don't we empower ourselves and say, right, I've got these strengths. I've been through this. How can I monetize that? How can I help somebody? And we don't necessarily, nowadays, you know, I do have education. But you don't necessarily need a degree or need qualifications to monetize something, to create a better life, to be abundant. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a misconcept. And yeah. I want to make so if you're young and you're watching this, you don't necessarily need a degree, need to be super like Einstein to create abundance. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily need to have a, you can monetize a gift. Are you good at art? Are you good at writing? Anything that you're good at, you can monetize and create a better life out of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a good message to tell, to tell anybody. I think it's not just young people. That's I think any age. I get tired of. I know we always say that old oh, young people, blah blah blah. But I believe that anyone can change, and you can I do. Have, it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't change my life. I'm 48. I didn't change my life. I didn't start changing my life till I was 38. Mm. Not properly. I did half of it, but not really. It sort of went downhill very quickly. But you learned from that lesson, you know. Was yeah. that getting and out there and doing that. it first? You had to make some mistakes, yeah. To and I, I would say I. I would never put myself in that situation again and I'd rather be on my own mm -hmm. than be one of the retreats. And, I, you know, I hear people say, oh, I need a man, I need a man. I don't need a man. I'm, I'm strong, I'm powerful, and I'm an excellent mother and I can create abundance myself. If a man compliments me, great. But if we want a man to feel needed, because mm -hmm. that's what it was, I needed somebody to feel needed. Mm -hmm. if, we, we, if we're needy, we actually attract really horrible men mm -hmm. 
Okay. Let's get real. We okay. don't attract a powerful, strong, independent man who's got it all together. We should attract someone who might need a mother or somebody, to, you know, and I'd like to make you feel small. That isn't empowering yeah. a woman. Yeah. I'd rather be on my own. And I, don't, I think there's a lot of powerful men who, can, who need someone to compliment them. But when we need somebody, that's a different energy and that isn't good for us either isn't good for us because it ends up being often abuse mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. let's get real let's get honest yeah let's get yeah that's true about that so um you said you you just mentioned that you've got a book coming out You just you got, it's all right, the internet. I tell you people, like, you might be listening to this podcast, let's apologise because the connection with the wife, sort of wife up, up where she is is not very excellent up north. Um, down south, we've got wonderful up north where she is. So um, she might be listening bits, but it's quiet bits. Um, but we will definitely have her back anyway and we'll sort that out. But the question I had for you, honey, was like, so you've got a book coming out. Are you part of this, your book? Or you know, part, I'm part, about it? I, I've got two books. A part of the book is going to be at release on 16th of December. My part part of my story, and obviously not my whole story. I'm absolutely at, at, at the moment publishing my own book, which I'm hoping is going to be out in February or March. Brilliant stuff. So the February and March is you. So is you? What's you know? Are you allowed to tell us a snippet about it or not? I healed from it. How I healed from it all. I will have a third book for that. Oh, so the so the February book. Is what again? It's my story, everything I've been through, and it's an awful lot because I, you know, I've been through a lot. Um, but I believe it's, I believe all of us come here with a divine mission. Okay. And I believe there is a reason, and the reason probably is to go and help people maybe who are not. For me, I believe my reason is I believe that everybody can have a dream, not not just a set you know certain people i think every person can have a dream and can reach it it's about it doesn't matter if you've got no resources start with one step mm -hmm. invest 10, maybe if you invest 10 pounds in yourself today and you get take three steps further and next time you invest 50 pounds take three steps further than 100 pounds. you don't necessarily have to be investing loads of money straight away mm -hmm. You've got to invest thousands of pounds. We're not always there and we can do it slowly. It doesn't have to. I'm steady and constant rather than la 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 la. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, sometimes we don't have the resources. And I... At a loan company they can go to, credit rating they can get that. Let's get real. Yeah, yes, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Um, we lost you a little bit again there, but I do understand what you were saying about about investing yourself. I think it's important too. Um, and I know it's at this time it's difficult for the pan it's for this pandemic and people trying to I think people's been put in a situation where they have to find out a way how to restart their lives or restart their um their why again and how the being comes, yeah. Day one, I, I had literally a five pound to invest. So I took my five pound and I invested. I took two steps. Mm -hmm. Then literally, I'm not going to give you the whole, I'll be over now. But then I took 10 pound or 20 pound and I invested. How about your first step? What was you said about people need to take that first step? And I think it's really, really important. First step, I, I mean, some of the first steps, you did the five pound and what did you do? 
and I just did some simple thing about book. I think I bought a book that I saw recommended, and I I'm, I'm, I will say I'm a very big reader. Learn to read if you don't, because reading is much cheaper than investing. If you're right at the beginning, you literally. But I, I did invest, every time I invested, I just spent a little bit more, a little bit more. And, th and just recently this month, I've invested in a mastermind at £200 a month. I was not there. I was not there. Mm. I was not there 10 years ago. It wasn't a year ago. I had no money. So mm -hmm. I was living off a year ago. I will make this really clear how quickly you can grow. A year ago, I had £100 a week coming in. I invested in one copywriting course that cost me 400 An amazing lady I'll never forget, because I was struggling, I said, I'm struggling. And she let me leave it and pay in March. Interestingly, I manifested 10,000 pounds last December. Wow. And I invested myself big time. Hmm. But I didn't have the money. For one year, I had not really much money. I invested like five pound here and 10 pound here, 20 pound here, 30 pound here and then and i have grown enormously this year i did a tech course last year and i this year in the last three months i've just in a bit a business mastermind and i'm working with a coach one to one but and that is like probably 500 600 pound a month now compared to some coaches uh, some people they invest thousands they've got thousands to invest i still don't have thousands to invest mm -hmm. but what i do believe is we invest little bits until we get there it only took me 12 months to invest like six, 500 pounds a month probably. Hmm. So if you think every every month you bought something a little bit more than the last month. So every time you make one step, you can invest just a little bit. You hmm. may be amazed how quickly you will get to where I am. To hmm. so people think, oh my God, it's 6,000 pounds. Oh my God, and if I never afford that. And, and then they, 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 they turn it into a real negative. Well, that hmm. isn't really empowering. So why don't we say, well, Right now, it isn't the right time for me because I financially can't do it, okay? Yep. Right now, I look at really, really good business books. Go online and look up like, the 10 best business books that are going to help. So if you're struggling with copywriting, you could have, look up copywriting. If you don't know about my, I had no idea. I'm not a business, I don't have a business background, obviously. Mm. But like, I, had not, I didn't even know what marketing, what, you know, I, I didn't go out with the internet, so I'm old. I'm a little bit old. So, <laughs> like, I had no idea. Marketing, oh my God, what's marketing? Oh my God. Yeah. So I went, like, literally go online, 10 best books on marketing, I bought them. Mm. Literally, don't know about copywriting. What's the 10 best books about copywriting? You can Google it. It's mm. so easy now. And buy those books one a month for 10 months. Mm. You bought one of each for every month, £30 a month. Think you can well, learn about copywriting, marketing, and you learn about mm. how to, you know, create packages or whatever. We can, we can all learn, but the thing is, we panic. We think we haven't got this money. And actually, we can learn enough we need to get off the ground. What I'll say is we can learn enough we need mm -hmm. to get our business off the ground. Mm. And then, yes, you would need it. I would say then, but at that point, you would know enough and you would have got one or two, three, four clients to be able to invest. Mm. So basically, you know, the whole, for me, that message was the saying that you can just invest a little bit in yourself. So, you know, it could be right now, just listen to podcasts. That's another way of investing. Yeah, yeah that, even your time. Like, what about investing your time? Because so yeah. many, this is a big one for me. I see so many people, and actually the more likely you have money people, okay? Oh, I, I you know, I'm watching Netflix uh, box sit tonight. I, you know, I need to go, right, I'm going to tell you, if you've got a dream and you've got that fire in your belly, stop doing numb, braining stuff. Stop watching, going out. Stop doing 
going to the clubs, even though they're probably not open at the moment. No. Stop, stop drinking, stop doing, and, and I might sound boring, and I, but what I'm going to tell you, if you've got a dream, guess what? It's not easy. Mm. You're going to have to show up every day and do things for yourself that are going to help you grow and help you create. I listen to three or four regular podcasts every week. Mm-hmm. I work in my business probably three hours a day. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's not, easy but we can do and I think it's too much about I don't think you have to necessarily work hard I think after six months or a year two years depending on how fast you go you can have a team they'll be doing it but in the beginning we have to you have to do you have to do everything copywriting marketing la, 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 la. the list goes on graphics mm. I mean I taught myself how do you do that I know I do even how to create an image online I didn't know mm. everything I know I've taught myself mm-hmm. but if we work hard, imagine if we worked hard, work, I don't like working hard because it's a bit limiting, but if you put yourself, everything you've got into your business for one year, can you imagine the growth in your business or in your dream? Because you often yeah. relate to your money. Why? In your major why, if you invested yeah. in it an hour a day. Really say like, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Lisa Nichols and she is somebody who's my role model. She, her husband was, Convicted, unfortunately, for murder, and she was left with a child. I couldn't afford diapers in 1999. And I listened to her. She was a woman who changed my life. Mm. As I said, I took my shoes off one day, and she was like, oh, Do you really want your dream? Do you really? Are you going to do whatever it takes? And I thought, Oh my God. Yes. Hallelujah. And yes. I changed my life from that. That that one. And when people say, Oh, motivational talks don't inspire anyone to change, bullshit. <laughs> She changed my life, and I will next year. I'm planning to to go and learn how to be. I mean, I'm already. I trained as a professional speaker, mm. but my plan next year is to go and spend a year doing her program because I've got to tug her and tell her she changed my life. Mm. I've got to because I can't go to my grave telling her how much she influenced my life. Mm. She, I can never. <laughs> yeah, I think there are so many people, and and I think for women. Um, it's important because sometimes we don't see many women most um, motivational speakers out there and got there. A, a big, maybe if there's anyone listening who wants to hear this, there's a big lack of women motivational speakers. So imagine if you trained as a motivational speaker, mm. how, how successful you could be. And mm. that is my plan. I mean, I did train as, as a professional speaker and a motivation, but I want to do this. She does a year program for people who want to be catalysts for different, catalysts for change. And I want to, I want to tell the people, every woman who's ever felt pain, every woman who's ever felt rejected, every woman who feels they don't come from the right economic background, every woman who's ever fell and hasn't been able to get up, that you can have a dream and you can go after it. And that is my big mission. And that is what I want to do. And I want to go to marginalized communities eventually when I've got enough money and do that for free and give them three months coaching for free because I believe every woman can have abundance. I believe every woman can have a dream. But first I need to make enough money so I can fund that to do that for free. And that's my big, my big vision. That's my big vision. That's fantastic. Like you're always working on your inner self basically to grow. That's what it sounds like you're doing. And what you're going to be doing is passing it on to other women. And that's fantastic. You know, you're going to help other women. You're, you know, it's like you're not just telling people what to do you're walking the road and doing it at the same time the i've always been walk the walk no it's all right it's, I'm, I'm going to say something that's controversial it's all right saying i've walked the walk but i've always had a really comfy home 
mm. and quite a lot of money. I may have left corporate with quite a lot of money. That's different walking the walk. Mm. When you walk the walk and you walk with no money, when you start with no money and you've had trouble, like me, mm. gaining trust. And some women, you know, of colour have even more difficulty than if you're a white woman. Mm. When you really walk the walk like that and you've really, and there's a lot of coloured women I know have a very, very, very difficult time getting their coaching business off the ground and it's not talked about. And I want to talk about it. Okay. We can, I, I missed a little bit of that because your internet just uh, broke you. Know, <laughs> it's very, you hear, oh, well, I, you know, I've walked the walk and you find out they came from quite a comfortable home. They come from, they've been maybe corporate and had a lot of money on to back them. Mm. That is different from walking the walk when you started with absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And you've built, and you keep walking, you keep healing, and you keep showing up. And I've had days where I've been absolutely felt like I can't do the same. I'm absolutely in tears, cried and cried. I've every day come up and come shown up for myself and my business because I hope the women I'm here to make a difference for. Mm -hmm. also I know you know I know that if you're non-white in the coaching industry and I'm not not I know I'm not but I know I know because I've heard it it's much harder mm -hmm. and it is a very white um orientated industry mm -hmm. and if we're if we're anything with it's not white it's we it's harder for us so you know what to every single woman who still shows up and still believes in her dream you are doing an amazing job because you are the role model for the next generation to believe it's true and it's available for them oh thank you so much that's, that's amazing that is how that's even better and it, it needs to be talked about because you know we don't talk about it and it's like hidden and like women who say oh well uh, you know, you've come from corporate and you had a lot of money you had a lot of money to back, you know, and, there's, and I don't also, you know, want to say, and I don't believe you have to be a certain look, and I don't believe you have to dress a certain way to be a coach. Mm. To be a coach, you have been through some painful experience, and you can help that woman walk through her painful experience because you've done it before her. If you've done it, you're an excellent coach. I don't need 95 qualifications to be a coach because I've heard really good coaches say that there's, you know, a really good coach is somebody who's walked the walk. Qualification do not equal you're going to be a better coach. Mm. If you walk the walk and you know how to show someone and guide them through, that will make you the best coach. Mm -hmm. Qualification yeah. don't really mean anything if you don't know how to use them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like, so coaching is about a lot of things. It's about, yeah, you need to be educated a little bit but everyone is, you need to do a bit of walk the walk. And the other part of it as well is be a good listener on the path they're taking of the of the person as well. Good point. You know, you to hold space and that is the truth. If you can't hold space, it doesn't matter how many qualifications you got. Yeah. I'm unshockable. I've been told things much worse than my, much worse than my own story. Mm. And my, my own story isn't, you know, and I have been able to hold space for those women because I'm unshockable. Mm. I've heard so many things in my life. But if you can't hold space for everything, then I also believe in treating every woman. Doesn't matter. You know, there's lots of different views. This is my view. I treat every woman. It doesn't matter if they pay me or don't. I'm open and big-hearted and I love every woman. Mm -hmm. And I treat everyone. People say to me, 
what, what they're not they're not paying you but one day they may and actually you may feel they're like their world's up with love and show that love is out there mm. and people do love people for the sake of just loving them for another human being to believe in their dream that that just might just motivate them enough to change their life and it, it doesn't matter because i'm not i am about making money of course i have to eat like anybody but really i'm about showing people what's possible mm-hmm. yeah I have three women who changed their life without me, but they came in contact with me. I inspired them. I would get messages from them regularly. I inspired them. And I treat them with kindness. Mm. And I was always, every weekend, sending a little note saying, happy weekend, have a great weekend. And because of that, they changed their lives. Mm. And sometimes people pay and sometimes they don't. But it's about making a difference. I'm so about making a difference first. And of course, I need to eat like anybody else, obviously. Definitely. Okay then, so I've got like a, a, my um, my wrap. So my last kind of question, I want to let the audience, you know, I always want an audience to have a little bit of takeaway that they can have. So as you're aware, like everyone does know that I do love my handbags and I do. I have plenty of handbags. My dream one day is my own handbag company. Oh yeah. I love them so much. In um, our handbags, we carry so much stuff in there and like in my bag, I have nearly, I, I carry everything, wipes, tissues, do you know what I mean? Spare pants. Uh, <laughs> Why do you do that? Just in case the spare stuff. But I always have another one. In, in our minds, we have it like we all, I believe, we carry a bag of tools as well. We know that we pull out that we need to use for, that we use sometimes to give advice or whatever as well. So, what kind of like toolkit in your little handbag, what do you carry in there that you sometimes have to use? Do you know what I mean? Pull out. Uh, I, I carry resilience. My, my resilience is for if I feel like I've fallen, how do I get back up? Mm -hmm. I believe my resilience, when I can't believe in like I'm going to reach my dream, I think of every single woman. I so believe that when I'm fallen, the only way to get up is to believe in that woman and know that I need, I'm here to make a difference to touch that woman and I'll never touch her if I've fallen. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the biggest key and when you feel the fear do it anyway and some people don't like that and say well that isn't an answer it is an answer because if you wait to feel right you will never not feel fear something that i do now i still feel fear but i do it anyway because i know as i do work through that the fear will get less and less the more i do something so mm -hmm. and also courage to share your story mm -hmm. and not worry about judgment and if people judge you that is about them and not you. You're here to make a difference. And I believe if more people were about give, 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 rather than take, 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 we would live in a much better world. I really do. Yes, that's, that's very powerful. That's very powerful as well. I think it's really, I think like the tip, yeah, like what, that's another good question. Like what do you do? Because some people, some people like, it's about your circle, isn't it? Um, because you can tell your story, but it's what happens sometimes is that people they they push their fear onto you, and it can stop you. That can stop you moving forward in whatever your dream can be. I'm be honest here. I live with a guy at the moment. My ex. he is the negative man. <laughs> he could win the <laughs> negative award. I mean, let's get real. He could win like the king of negative award. Hmm. So I just like protect myself, and I just like when he's doing that, I'm like, I'm here to make a difference. I'm here to make a difference. I'm here to make a difference. Uh, I'm in control of my life. I'm in. That's his stuff. That's his hmm. stuff. I'm in control. That's his stuff. I'm in control. 
and I still stay positive because I know I'm here to make a difference. So I so live with one. Then, yeah. Keep your why and your vision in front of you every time. That's what when people saying. make even when people make anything, people make judgments about you. It's so like it's about them. It's not about me. It's about them. It's not about me. I am here to make a difference. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. very good thing that I learn of somebody else. So, you know, at Nisa Nichols. Mm -hmm. And it is true. I've done the research to make sure it was true before I tell anyone. So if you say, I am successful, I am abundant, I am a business owner, I am rich. Mm -hmm. If you say, I am, mm -hmm. our brain does not know if it's in the future or now. So you just every iceberg. You're saying, and I just go on and on and on and on and on and on for fifteen, twenty minutes a day, every morning, when no one's so away. Go back because your internet went a little bit again. And so we say I, I am. Our so brain, say I am. I our, am both, our brain does not. Our subconscious does not know if that's now, right this minute, or mm -hmm. in the future. So we just say I am. I do, do, I do this every morning, I have done for 10 years and I will still do it. So I am successful, I am rich, I'm abundant, I am a leader, I'm an inspirational leader, I'm amazing, I'm blissful, I'm full of love, I'm, love, I'm full of joy, I've got so much to give, I'm so successful, I own my own house, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. and for 15, 20 minutes every day and I have done, and it will change your mindset, after 30 days you'll see a big change. That's a massive good toolkit to have in your brain to let people to have definitely in your bag. And it's true, like, I am successful, or I am Maddie. You know, I am who I am, Maddie. Yeah, I, 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 am. I am, whatever your name is, yeah. I, just, I am Sedja. I'm an amazing spiritual leader. I am Sedja. I'm an amazing successful coach. I am Sedja. I'm an amazing artist. I am Sedja. And I'm doing whatever it is that you want to do. If you want to own your own house, if you want to get more money, mm -hmm. You know, and your brain will not know the difference. Will believe it's true, and, and and you will attract that. Wow, powerful, powerful stuff. Definitely. Is there any powerful kind of quote you want to leave us with, or anything like? But I made a quote up when I started my business. Uh, yeah. When I changed my life, actually. So I'm going to share that. It's not the cards without a life. So, you know, we, we, are born, we are born into a life, whatever life that is, and, and that is out of our control. So it's not the cards we dealt at birth that are important. It's how we play them. Powerful mm. words, you know. Control, well, we can be born into absolute chaos, abuse, we don't know, do we? Nobody knows. Mm -hmm. But it's how we play those cards that are important. And yeah. changing our mindset, I believe, is... So big wise, I got to a certain point and I realized I was having crazy, like limiting stuff going in my own, even though I got grown so much and I'd overcome, but starting a business at a whole new level, as you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter how much growth you've done and starting a business, a whole new thing. Because it's a lot, there's also a lot of, you know, stuff out there that we might not talk about, but, yeah. you know, so, you know, people compare themselves with each other and it's all, so like, Mindset is the, the only limitation you have right now is your mindset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it is about how we play them. Mm -hmm. Surround yourself with positive people. If you're not, even though I know I, I and you know, I'm honest, I'm living with one, but I, I'm able to like protect that mm -hmm. and get, like, it's not him. But if you can't, if you have to, If that's the case, 
find a new set of friends. Mm. I don't have anybody, any friend I had from 15 years ago. I have a totally different set of friends. Mm. Find new people, read inspiring things. Don't read, don't watch things that are depressing and, and like make you feel like, oh my God. Mm. Watch empowering stories. The people who did get reached their dreams, support your success by doing things that uplift you, inspire you. and see the worst in you because you'll never it's hard to grow from that space it really is definitely definitely yeah, live my life again this year again i probably would have not been here but i am in this situation so i am trying to change it by march myself but if i did it again i would probably have not would probably have stayed in my own place because it has made it harder for me to grow mm -hmm. i'm honest even though i love them to bits but mm. You know, when I'm trying to prove my life, it's hard. Yeah, I get that. I'm really <laughs> Just want to say a massive, great, great, big thank you for coming on. It's been okay. a pleasure to hear your story. Um, I know in places, people, it's going to be like, it's been hard because of the internet, but don't worry. We're going to have her back on after Christmas when she tells us a little bit more about her two books and a little bit more details about um, some more stories that she has from the past. So once again, thank you. Thank you for coming on. And I do hope you have a wonderful day. Anytime. Bye-bye.